everyone, and welcome back to Yesterday's Heroes, Episode 4, Science Fiction, Science Fact. In the last episode, we covered Friedrich Gruner's service in the Korean War, his friendship with fellow Marine Levi Satlow, and his decision to join the Diomedes Program. This week, we will finally get to the historic Diomedes Programs. You know, when I first set out to do this show, I planned to just make a biography of the Silver Eagle. I didn't realize that doing so would require many biographies for the 5011 other people in his life. One of the most significant figures in the story of the Silver Eagle is the controversial scientist, Dr. Elroy Finch. Elroy Finch was born May 1st, 1897 in San Diego. And from a young age, Finch showed himself to be smart as a whip, stubbornly uncompromising, and unashamedly ruthless. He studied biology in university and, at least initially, dedicated his career to the eradication of syphilis. He was also a staunch believer in eugenics, although he quite publicly disagreed with how the Nazis went about their eugenics programs. And by the mid-1930s, Finch was something of a rising star in the scientific community. And at that time, the New Deal was in full swing in an effort to promote the biological sciences, although this study wasn't widely publicized, President Roosevelt authorized the creation of the Vitamin X program, which would become America's first foray into human enhancement. Now, some have speculated that FDR created the Vitamin X program in an attempt to cure his own paralysis, but the literature doesn't really support that kind of claim. And while the Vitamin X program was led by Dr. Aldous Sheffield, Dr. Elroy Finch, was among the first to be recruited and very quickly wormed his way to the top of the organization. Now, every experiment needs test subjects, and the vitamin X trials were carried out on members of the Creek Indian Nation in Montana. Uh, these initial experiments were largely unsuccessful and very unfortunately resulted in widespread sickness and side effects among those members of the Creek Indian Nation who were treated at least a dozen people perished after being exposed to the vitamin X enhancement regimen. But despite vitamin X's decade of failures and Sheffield's death in 1944, this was not the end for human enhancement, and this was certainly not the end for Elroy Finch. Indeed, the end of the Second World War and the beginning of the Cold War convinced Washington to take human enhancement more seriously. And as such, President Truman created the Office of Strategic Biology in 1946. The Vitamin X program continued for the next few years, and in this time, some experiments were carried out on inmates of federal prisons, but these, like the Creek Indian experiments, proved less than successful. And then, in 1949 the Soviet Union detonated an atom bomb. And that same year, the communists took control of China. Sufficiently spooked, Washington decided to scrap the vitamin X program in favor of something far bigger and far bolder, the Diomedes programs. Now, a friend of mine once described it this way. Uh, while vitamin X tried to make Captain America, Diomedes tried to make Superman. And given his senior status in the vitamin X program, and his undeniable talent with the natural sciences, Finch was tapped to be the director of the Diomedes programs, and despite the doctor's initial misgivings about the scope of the new programs, he and his team set to work creating America's first superhumans. And once again, we come to the question of test subjects. 
Now, Finch was adamant that Diomedes use soldiers, as he wanted his supermen to follow orders and respect the chain of command. Finch also insisted on recruiting wounded soldiers, as he believed that they would be grateful for their new lease on life, and thus especially compliant. Which is absolutely devious, but nonetheless on brand for Dr. Finch. And given the state of the conflict in Korea, he had no shortage of wounded soldiers to choose from. So of the 200 or so men initially considered, only six were selected for the Diomedes program, and only nine were selected for the Diomedes program colored section. We will spend more time on the Diomedes program colored section in our episode on Wilmer Thomas, but suffice it to say that the experience of the colored section was a measure more brutal and more lethal than their white counterparts. I'm often struck by how much the Diomedes programs were able to accomplish given the very limited understanding of human genetics available at the time. We didn't even know the shape of the DNA molecule until 1953, less than one year before Diomedes officially closed its doors. With that in mind, how are we to understand Finch's research? After reading through Professor Alan E. Sorensen's book on the Diomedes program, Making the Superman, uh, it sounds like Finch stumbled upon something similar to um, modern CRISPR gene editing. And this gene editing, which Finch lacked the vocabulary to even describe, was combined with a practice of regular exposure to radioactive material. Finally, after having their genes altered and their tissues exposed to radiation, the members of the Diomedes cohort were also pumped with that cocktail of steroids developed in the vitamin X program. By all accounts, the physical act of enduring this training regimen was as viscerally disgusting as it was deeply traumatic. The Diomedes cohort lost and regrew all their teeth. They endured horrible pain and sensory overload, especially as they developed entirely new organs and, in Sorensen's words, a secondary nervous system. They went days without sleep, and even simple acts such as waste disposal became potentially dangerous, and they all, at one point or another, went into cardiac arrest. Sadly, one young man, Sergeant Wesley Steyer, did not survive his heart attack. Wounded or missing appendages, well, they healed, but when they did, the new tissue lacked all pigment, and even then, things occasionally wouldn't heal properly. Friedrich, for example, regrew the parts of his feet that had been lost to frostbite, but for the rest of his life, he walked with a limp. He found this situation a bit funny and often remarked to his friends, quote, I'm the fastest man alive, and I've got a limp for Pete's sake. The accelerated rate of tissue growth put everyone in the program at a much greater risk of developing cancer. Indeed, the majority of the Diomedes cohort would eventually die of cancer in one form or another. Once the initial phase of violent biological upheaval was finished, the cohort began training to use their abilities. Training included, but was not limited to, getting shot, being set on fire, running obstacle courses through minefields, and one-on-one -on -one combat with tanks. Yikes. And through it all, the Diomedes cohort consumed a ridiculous amount of food. Eventually, the Office of Strategic Biology came out with a high-calorie food paste made of a proprietary blend of butter, sugar, mystery meat, corn, 
eggs, and pasta. The young men came to refer to it affectionately as the goop. And so, by 1953, the Diomedes cohort were ready for active duty. And yet, most of them would not see combat. In 1953, the United States got a new president, and Eisenhower was not keen on continuing the Office of Strategic Biology. Unfortunately for all of us who marvel at the scientific achievements of the Diomedes programs, it is, at the end of the day, more cost-effective to produce tanks and planes and guns than it is to create super soldiers. That's the main reason we don't have superhumans today. It's not that we don't have the technology, it would just be too expensive. So in 1954, Finch retired to a plush estate in his native California, where he would live on for another decade or so before his kidneys gave out. According to his live-in nurse, Margaret Colicchio, his last words were, quote, Let that simpleton sulk have his vaccine. I turned men into demigods. End quote. Meanwhile, the young men who had survived Diomedes were, for the most part, sent back to their homes with federal agents checking in on them every once in a while. Friedrich Gruneff, for his part, returned to his family in Utica, but he found it rather difficult to resume his old life, so he moved to a farm on the outskirts of Oneida County. His enhanced strength and endurance were well-suited to farm labor, and the distance from city life helped soothe his enhanced senses. We will leave Friedrich in his self-imposed Oneida County exile for now, and... Next time, we will turn our attention toward those young men who are taking to the streets as genuine flesh-and-blood crime fighters. Until then, I hope you enjoyed the program, and thank you for listening.